Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Peacock streaming new movies every week at PeacockTV.com. We'll have the biggest movies from the Twilight Saga to Selma and Bad Boys 1 and 2. Bad Boys for life. All your favorite movies like Die Hard, The Matrix Trilogy, and Good Will Hunting. That's the good stuff. Plus, movies the whole family will love. How to Train Your Dragon, the Harry Potter film series, Brilliant. and Shrek 1 and 2. It's so good to be home. With tons of blockbuster hits, you can't not watch. Sign up at PeacockTV.com. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking In, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. A lot of New York City found itself underwater thanks to Hurricane Ida. Joe Rogan tested positive for COVID-19 and tried to treat it with horse dewormer. And Vox's Asia Romano joins us with why the Jeopardy hosting saga has become a cautionary tale of morality. It's September 2nd, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. Well, if anyone needed further proof that New York City is not ready for climate change, there was major flooding throughout the boroughs last night, resulting in multiple deaths, a lot of infrastructure and residential damage, and suspended public transit. It got so bad that the National Weather Service issued a flash flood emergency for the city for the first time in history. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland were also hit bad. At least 18 people were found dead between those states and New York City as a result of the storm. I mean, yeah, we need to think seriously about climate change and combat it and come up with better infrastructure. And there's so many things that need to happen because this is just devastating. Yeah, you know, we need to fight climate change on two ends. We need to prevent it as much as we can. And we also need to prepare for it as much as we can, because it's going to change the way our cities are laid out. And we saw that last night for sure. You know, I'm in uh, like a more rural part of Massachusetts, and I was up until 2 a.m. watching various tornado warnings pass over our town. And like they, they kept telling us, like, get down into your basement. 
And then be like, okay, you're fine. And then nope, go back down to the basement. That went on until 2 a.m. It's a and this this I you know this is a town I grew up in uh, since I was zero years old. Uh, is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. Yeah, things are changing and not in a good way. All right. So in other news, Joe Rogan continues to be as Joe Rogany as possible. After contracting COVID-19, he revealed in a video that he had used various drugs to treat himself, including prednisone, a vitamin drip, and ivermectin, which is generally used in the U.S. to treat parasitic worms in animals such as horses. Yeah. And so, you know, we've heard about this whole ivermectin thing from these like really like fringe conspiracy theorists. What's what's so, uh, I think, newsworthy about this is that Joe Rogan, formerly known as host of Fear Factor, now hosts the biggest podcast of all time with a huge audience of people who are all very likely to uh, do whatever he tells them to do. So the fact that he's using this huge, massive platform to talk about, you know, ingesting horse dewormer is uh, very concerning to me. Yeah, very concerning that someone won't take a vaccine, but will take horse dewormer. Just very concerning overall. <laughs> I mean, it is behavior I would expect from a man who b- became famous by paying people money to eat like bull testicles. That's fair. And, like, That's fair. Chug, that checks out. Chug donkey sperm. Like, am I shocked? He was like, yeah, I'll eat horse dewormer. No, but it is not approved by the FDA. <laughs> Um, It is not proven to help with COVID-19 at all. And just across the board, I would say if you're buying it at a veterinary shop, don't ingest it. (laughs) All right. So moving on, just this week, Sony announced in a staff memo that Mike Richards, an executive producer on Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, would be departing for both shows effective immediately. This, of course, came after weeks of controversy surrounding his tumultuous rise and fall as the new permanent host of Jeopardy. As culture writer Asia Romano wrote in their recent Vox piece, his rise and fall feels almost scripted. However, this familiar story can actually tell us a lot about Jeopardy and its cultural role, and what might be next for the show itself. They're joining us now to break it all down. Hi Asia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let's go back to where this all started. Jeopardy's season-long search for a new host essentially began after the death of Alex Trebek last November. First, can you walk us through the year-long process that followed and all of the backdoor auditioning that's taken place? Sure. So uh, as you recall, obviously, Alex Trebek passed away last November. Even before he passed away, there had been some matterings, I guess you could say, of uh, whispers of who might be his replacement, who people might want to replace him. And LeVar Burton was one of the first people who really publicly said, you know, I, I feel like I've been preparing my whole life to be the next Jeopardy host. And he's actually been on the record for since I think like 2013 about wanting to be the Jeopardy host. So this is not something that came out of nowhere for him. He really has said it over and over in many interviews over the years. So he really wants that job. But I think for most other people, the conversation really kind of kicked into high gear after Alex Trebek died. And so for the rest of this season, Jeopardy basically had a series of guest hosts, many who were associated with the show in some way, like Ken Jennings, and who obviously Ken Jennings is the the most winning Jeopardy contestant in history. So people really love him. He has a long history with the show. And so he was one of the, the more popular guest hosts. And then you have people like Maya Bialik, who is, she's been named the um, the current interim 
host going forward after all of this has gone down. So you had a number of people who were being guest hosts and their guest host stint was also considered kind of a backdoor audition for the show to see how well they did and how the audience liked them. So you had that going on basically through the whole season. And one of the guest hosts was Mike Richards, the executive producer. And you know, when it finally came time to picking a new host for Jeopardy, Sony passed over all those celebrity guest hosts and instead hired the show's executive producer, Mike Richards. Why do you think he was the choice? I, I <laughs> that is such a good question. I mean, it's really tempting to say that Mike was the ultimate choice because he was hiring himself, right? Um, when when Sony announced this, when they put out the announcement that he that they'd hired him, they made a point to say that the decision was made with a round table, essentially, of Sony executives and stakeholders. And and I'm sure that Mike Richards was probably one of those people since he is the executive producer of the show, right? So many, many people saw it basically as uh, kind of like Dick Cheney conducting a search for the vice president and then deciding that he would be the best vice president, right? So I think you have a situation where right from the beginning, people reacted to the announcement with wariness and suspicion, um, which makes a lot of sense under the circumstances. And and that's not to say that he wasn't a good host. I mean, he was actually a pretty popular host among the many guests that debuted over the season. But I think one reason he was a popular host is that he presented himself as sort of having to take the reins because of a scheduling conflict with Ken Jennings. And The Ringer published a report that kind of implied that maybe that wasn't the case, that a lot of the people on staff were really confused about why he was spinning this conflict as though it was this dire emergency that required him to guest host, where he just absolutely had to step in because there was no one else who could take over. Because apparently, according to The Ringer, they had enough episodes and enough footage to really fill the gap, and it wasn't a big deal. Um, So you think about that, and then you think about... You know, if he had indeed kind of orchestrated a reason to put himself on the show and then used that as an excuse to be like, I'm the best host, then it all does start to seem sort of like a sinister one-man conspiracy. Yeah, you know, so I'm someone who I watch Jeopardy every night and and I had that experience with him where when he first came out and he was like, you know, I'm just like take him on for the team. The show must go on. It worked at first. I was endeared to him because I was like, oh, this poor man doesn't even want to host. He just has to because of the craziness of the world right now. (laughs) And then, and then come to find out that he was very much like Lady Macbeth behind the scenes, plotting his ascent to the podium. It's so sneaky and it's not at all in keeping with like the transparency and wholesomeness that you associate with Jeopardy, is it? (laughs) No, not at all. And, and, you know, it's safe to say that his hiring was not not universally celebrated among many Jeopardy fans. So you mentioned this Ringer expose and how they kind of detailed how he got to the podium in the first place. But it also had this long history of his sexist, classist, xenophobic remarks. And then there were some workplace lawsuits he was involved in. Can you break down for us uh, some of those big revelations about his past? Sure. So basically he was also, he has a history uh, as a game show producer. So he 
in 2007 had auditioned to host The Price is Right and failed that audition, but became the executive producer, (laughs) which might be a recurring theme. But while he was the executive producer, there were two lawsuits filed against the show by former models of the show who were both claiming that the show had engendered a toxic workplace and had been sexist to them. Um, And Mike Richards specifically was alleged to have made kind of demeaning and dismissive comments about um, not hiring pregnant women or women who were going to get pregnant, which is really, really awful. And then he also reportedly asked or wanted the models to wear increasingly skimpy clothes while on set. So things like that really, really turned people's heads, you know, and made them look more closely at his history. And then you also had this um, podcast that he was involved in, I think beginning 2013, called the, I'm sorry, this is just a terrible name, uh, the Random Podcast, but random is spelled R-A-N-Dumb. Um, the word I've, dumb. By the way, I've actually complained about the name of that podcast on this podcast before. It's so I, stupid. You're very valid. It's a terrible name. But on this podcast, he said some very problematic things. The Ringer article kind of went through a lot of them episode by episode. So basically, there were like 41 episodes of this podcast. And in a number of them, he made really, really sexist and, and um, xenophobic anti-Semitic, borderline racist remarks. For example, they were having a conversation about booth babes, which are women who cosplay and promote uh, products at like gaming industry conventions. And he insisted on calling them booth whores and booth sluts and just like wouldn't let that drop. Like that was his idea of a fun joke back in 2013. And then also he would make a number of jokes that drew on anti-Semitic stereotypes And then the one that really got me was where he just kind of went off about uh, comparing his co-host's apartment to, I guess, a, a, how do I say this? A developing world apartment, like one in Haiti, and just kind of went off on how his roommate or his co-host's roommate lived in Haiti. And he was like going off about how the apartment had like a urine smell and there would be tons of stray cats there. It's just like, like very, very, very xenophobic things and not at all what you associate with what you want to associate with the host of Jeopardy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Well, we've only scratched the surface of this saga. We'll be right back. We've got a lot more with Vox's Asia Romano after the break. It. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. The NFL is back, and the NFL app has you covered. So get ready for football all season long and just tap into the NFL app. NFL, baby, let's make it happen. Just tap in to watch your local and primetime games all season, now through Super Bowl 56. For the end zone, touchdown! Get up-to-the-minute news, videos, highlights, stats, and more on all your favorite teams and rookies to watch. Welcome to the NFL! Download to your mobile device today at nfl.com mobile or in your app store. Certain restrictions and data rates may apply. 
The NFL playoffs are here, and the Super Bowl is right around the corner. You can follow the action like a fan, or you can prep like a scout if you listen to the award-winning Move the Six podcast. The show is hosted by me, Daniel Jeremiah, and my partner, Bucky Brooks. The two of us bring knowledge from careers as NFL talent scouts to the podcast world so fans can watch and understand the nuances of the game like never before. After the Super Bowl, it's draft season. If you want to go in-depth on this year's prospects and learn what makes the top players stand out, there's no better podcast than Move the Sticks. We'll break down film from the professional and college games so you can know which player to look out for when the football season returns next fall. You'll learn a ton about the NFL, and I promise we'll make it fun along the way. We'll have several new episodes dropping each week, and you don't want to miss a single one. Subscribe now and listen to the Move the Sticks podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Vox's Asia Romano about the Jeopardy hosting saga and its impact on the show's future. So... Even with Mayim Bialik resuming guest host duties for now, things are remain messy. While she was a popular guest host, there's this growing backlash against her now, especially with her anti-vax history. And, you know, it just begs the question, how could Sony executives not have foreseen these things coming? I mean, it's so easy to look these things up. I mean, I would love to answer that question for you, but my current question is why are they still allowing her to host, even as the backlash against her builds and builds, and even as more people point out more and more problematic things she said, you know, very, very, not just anti-vax things, but uh, things that she said that uh, seem to be very, very against any kind of non-natural form of childbirth, for example. So I think... You're getting into an arena where Sony must be aware of this, or you hope that they are aware of this, since it's been all over social media, right? And the question is, why are they just letting this build and build and build? Do they not see that they're going to have another case of Mike Richards on their hands? I don't know what the answer is. I think maybe you always want to think that the producers and the executives are as in touch with you know, the people on the ground shouting a lot on, on Twitter as, as we all are, right? Because we see these people every day. We see these kinds of conversations every day, right? But I think the answer is that they're just not, and they don't think about this until it the noise gets so big that they can no longer ignore it, which is definitely what happened in the case of Mike Richards. So now we wonder if this quest to find a new morally respected host is just like a lost cause. I mean, in its decades long run, the show has only had two main hosts. There was original host Art Fleming and then, of course, longtime host Alex Trebek. Uh, Each had reputations that matched the show's largely scandal free record. Is finding another Fleming or Trebek even possible nowadays? I mean, I think so. I mean, the kind of constant refrain as this conversation keeps going is LeVar Burton is right there. LeVar Burton specifically, not only does he want to host, but he himself has had a longstanding role as what I would call, you know, an icon of wholesomeness, not only because of his role as longtime Reading Rainbow host, right? But because of the way that his career evolved and over the years and the way that he has kind of become this internet culture wholesomeness guru, if you, if you will. And I think someone like that is who people want to see take over, not only because I think the current zeitgeist lends itself towards people not wanting another straight white guy host to be the the next guy in line. But I think because people just 
really revere LeVar Burton on his own and for, for reasons that have nothing to do with the show. And so I think that enhances their investment in his getting the job um, in a way that you don't really see with the other guest hosts. That said, I do think that, you know, there are probably some skeletons in LeVar Burton's past that will probably be unearthed too, right? Like, because everybody has skeletons. I think it's just a matter of, you know, what kind they are and how intense they are and what will they leave us with? Will they, will they leave us with, you know, our childhoods are ruined now and we can never watch Reading Rainbow again? Or will they leave us with, you know, this is the kind of thing that is, you can apologize for and move on from, right? The problem is you never know what's in somebody's closet until you really start digging around. And I think, doing your due diligence, you know, you want to know that Jeopardy is doing their due diligence. You want to know that Sony is doing its due diligence, but do you have any guarantees? No. And so I think we're just kind of waiting to see what will happen. You know, this whole debacle is a reminder that Jeopardy's importance extends beyond that of the average game show. What is it about the show that's so sacred in the eyes of Americans? That's such a great question. I think in part, I think it has to do with the the way that the show was created because the show Jeopardy was actually created in response to the numerous game show scandals that occurred in the 50s and 60s when you had issues where contestants had been able to cheat and this had caused massive, massive scandals. And I think partly the reason that Jeopardy um, is in the answer first question second format is to make it harder for contestants to cheat which we don't often think about, but if you think about it as a way of like lending transparency to the quiz show process, then Jeopardy right off the bat was basically presenting itself as a game show with a higher moral standard, right? So from the beginning, I think it occupied kind of a different level than the average quiz show in the public's mind. And then of course that reputation only cemented itself and intensified over the years, especially because as time went on, you know, you had all these multiple generations of people growing up with Alex Trebek on their TV every night. Right. And you had Alex Trebek with his mostly sterling reputation. You know, there are some, some issues there, but nothing that would really you know tank his career. Right. And so you have many, many people, not only with this affection for Jeopardy and Jeopardy with this kind of reputation by itself, then you have Alex Trebek's reputation layered on top of that and his longevity and the nostalgia factor for him as a host kicking in all of that, making the the new host, like making the title of, of the next Jeopardy host mean something more than it probably meant when Alex Trebek first stepped into the role. Well, you know, Jeopardy has taken all of us on a wild ride for the past year, and we really appreciate you taking the time to just walk us through it. Asia, thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. All right, that's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, if you're buying drugs at a veterinary shop, they might not be for humans. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed coming to you daily. 's up guys I'm Rashad Bilal. and I am Troy Millings and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names of business sport and entertainment. 
from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel, and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one That's of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a Because all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven-foot hoop. Yeah. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, Nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. 